0: Your host, Sean, none other than my very own dad, sits down with inspirational individuals who share key learnings from their own experiences on becoming great. Sean sits down and unpacks their formula for success and in turn highlights how we can all learn from others' experiences, unlocking our own scope to grow and become our best version. I'm confident that you will all enjoy it. Thanks for taking the time to listen.
1: We're really lucky to have Lane Beachley here with us today. Uh, Lane's been cool enough to give up her time to help my daughter. My daughter Sophie has been going through a bit of a health challenge uh, through the last sort of six to nine months, and I thought that it would be really cool if I could inspire Soph or someone as amazing and inspirational as Lane. So she's given up her time. She shares a bunch of her own learnings and realizations through life uh, through the good and the bad times and my wish is for Sophie to sort of take them on board to help her during this difficult time so I really hope there's some great takeaways for both adults and I guess parents to pass on to their children so tune in and I really hope you enjoy Thanks, Lane. Thanks so much for joining uh, Sophie, my daughter, and I today. You guys have obviously met in the past, and Sophie was uh, very much inspired by the speech you gave uh, to the crew uh, last year or the year before, which is good. So on the back of a a little bit of a challenging run of health, Sophie's uh, well and truly uh, moving forward and and making some great progress, but we thought none other than yourself to give us a bit of a, a boost and learn from some of your challenges further to your successes. So I guess without further ado, we will pass on to the beautiful Sophie to kick this off. So over to you, Soph.
0: So so further to your amazing successes, what are some of the biggest setbacks you have had to confront and how have you moved past these?
2: Well, Sophie, it's great to see your beautiful smiling face again and thank you for having a chat with me on your podcast today. I'd have to say I've encountered a whole lot of setbacks and challenges throughout my life, as we all have, but the three main ones may surprise you. So the first one is actually a lack of self-confidence. So self-doubt is being, has been one of my greatest challenges. And the way that shows up in my life is it comes through what I refer to as comparisonitis you know when you compare yourself to either others or you compare yourself to versions of yourself that you want to be or versions of yourself that you once were and because you don't feel that way or you're not behaving that way or maybe someone's given you a hard time and then you start to question yourself and doubt yourself that's been one of the greatest challenges I've had to overcome does anyone you know you've probably had times when you've just questioned and doubted and you know, gone. Yeah. What, what, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so the way I've overcome that is through a really valuable lesson, which is called enoughness. <laughs> and, uh, and how I explain that is you're really centered and you're very congruent with who you are. And it takes a long time to get to that place. Now, when I was, how old are you, Safe? I'm 10. Yeah, so when I was 10 years of age, I was very fortunate that I didn't grow up at a time when there was social media. So... I didn't feel like people were constantly watching every move that I made you know I didn't feel the pressure to conform to what society was expecting the average 10 year old to do Um, I was very fortunate that I had a dad who was very supportive and encouraging and gave me the freedom to fail and the safety to fail so I never felt like I let anybody down when i failed so if i can detach from the fear of letting someone down or if i can detach from the fear of scarcity mentality for example like if i don't do it now it's never going to happen again or if i can detach from the the expectations that i placed on myself and just be accepting of what's going on then i'm able to move through my challenges a lot quicker the thing that keeps us stuck in our challenges is that we we want things to be different to what they actually are. And if we, if we're constantly resisting what actually is right here in this moment, then we can't get through it because we're reflecting into the past or we're projecting into the future and we're not accepting that actually right here, right now, I'm either I'm injured or I'm unhappy or I feel scared and it's all valid, but you can't move past it until you actually shine a light on it and accept it. And so self-acceptance is the opposite to um, self-sabotage and self-doubt because once you start to accept who you are for what you are and then surround yourself with people who bring the best out in you, who elevate and nurture and support you, then that's what I feel is, is the quickest way to move through challenging times. And so when I reflect back on the challenges that I've encountered through Broken heart, being broken hearted, losing really close heats, coming runner up in the world twice to world titles, um, severe injuries, depression, um, suicidal tendencies, um, you name it, you know, failed businesses, um, failed world title campaigns, uh, uh, feeling rejected and fearful at the fact that I was adopted as at birth and all of the emotional trauma that's associated with that. All of these things um, are there that either make me bitter or better. And I don't get bitter, I just get better. And I use these challenges as a stepping stone to promote me forward. Now, the biggest lesson that you'll learn through challenges is patience. You just have to be patient. You have to trust that you will get there. But if we keep getting stuck in the fact that it's not happening quick enough, it's not measuring up to my expectations, uh, I'm running out of time or the opportunity may never present itself, these what I refer to as our three main barriers. And our three main barriers are the fear of letting people down, the fear or uh, a scarcity mentality, and then expectations. So learning to accept things for the way they are, being congruent with who you are and surrounding yourself with people who elevate you for, the, for their utmost love of you, then that's what's going to help you through challenging times.
1: Sounds uh, like some pretty good insights there, in there, So
2: What do you think, so? Good. Yeah.
1: Good. <laughs> what, what sort of resonated? Anything in particular?
2: Um, I think
0: it's a bit more, um, when accepting the things that, like,
1: Accepting who you are or?
0: Accepting who you are.
1: One word I was going to unpack, and I think it's an important one that Lane talks about, is being congruent with who you are. And and congruent's a big word. I only started to work out what that word was not that long ago, just quietly. (laughs) Thank you. So it basically means being authentic or being real to who you are and not being afraid to be who you are and being proud of who you are because sometimes I think when I was younger, I would maybe hide my true personality or my perspectives on things because you kind of wanted to blend in or not say I'll do the wrong thing or anything else like that. So like Lane says, when you're congruent, you're just true to who you are, you know, and that and, and actually it feels much better when you're congruent with who you really are rather than trying to pretend to be something else.
2: It makes life a little more effortless. If you feel like you have to fit into everything, then you're – you're stepping away from your values. You're compromising your character. You're sabotaging your true essence, and you're detaching from your love of yourself, and um, because you feel like you have to fit into what everyone else thinks of you, you have to conform to other people's opinions of you. You have to fulfill other people's uh, perspectives of who you think, who they think you're meant to be. And the great saying is this. Why fit in when you were born to stand out? If you're constantly trying to be something that you're not, you will literally live a very exhausting and unfulfilling life.
1: 100%. Couldn't agree more. One thing, you know, maybe for soap's benefit and anyone else's is is what are your tips for dealing or or, uh, moving past that self-doubt? Because I think it's a normal thing uh, as far as uh, I'm aware when I speak to other people. Uh, Many people I speak to have suffered from that. Um, What are your tips for people like Sophie, uh, young kids, to sort of deal with that notion of self-doubt?
2: First, accept that it's a normal part of life. You're a human being. You're going to doubt yourself.
1: Nothing wrong with
2: it. It's normal. It's 100% okay. The biggest mistake that we make when we're in a place of self-doubt or self-loathing or self-sabotage or fear is that we stay there for just a little bit too long. We And then ultimately if we stay there a long period of time, we become defined by it. So first yep. shine the light on the fact that I'm not okay. I, I, I'm doubting myself. I'm not enough. I'm scared. Or I'm, whatever it is that you're feeling, recognize that it's valid to you and that you the only person that's going to own it is you. the The misconception that I feel society has fed us over time is that we're meant to be happy and have our shit together all the time. And none of us do. We all have days when we fall apart. We all have days when we make mistakes. We all have days when we we fail. And you know, people often say that failures are stepping stones to success, which they are. However, if If you stay stuck in the failure and you become defined by the failure, then you'll continue to make mistakes time and time again because you haven't taken the time to learn from it. So the first thing you need to do when you're in a state of self-sabotage or self-doubt is just go, I'm doubting myself. And then ask yourself, why am I doubting me? And how is this serving me? Is it allowing me, is it actually propelling me closer to where I want to go or is it holding me back? And if it's holding you back, then you have to ask yourself, what action can I take right now that's going to help me get past it? And if you can be okay with the fact that you're not okay, that's the best place to start. That's why I became an ambassador for the Are You Okay movement because... uh, I'm a a true believer in um, owning our feelings. I've actually just built an online academy called The Awake Academy, and the first course is called Own Your Truth, which comes out in September in 2020. And I'm asking people to actually get okay with their feelings, identify and connect and express their feelings because it's the, it's a big word, but the reticence or the resistance to experiencing your current feelings is what prevents the, process of of getting past them I think I've probably you know repeated myself a little bit but when you're in a state of self-doubt recognize that you're doubting yourself and then start taking action towards overcoming it. I, I, you know, While I've been building this course, I've had a lot of self-doubt. I've had a lot of fear. And then I've rung up friends and going, you know what, I'm scared. I don't think I'm enough. I don't think I'm smart enough. I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think I'm talented enough. I don't think I deserve this. Why is anyone going to care? That's all self-doubt. That's all self-sabotage and that's normal. But once I shine a light on it, it can no longer survive
1: and then uh, I think uh, like you say sure on it but then no doubt the actions that followed were steps or 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 actions towards what you wanted to realize right not getting stuck in yes. that, that that mindset of I can't uh, do I deserve it am I uh, is, is it worthy will people be interested it's going right no I believe in it and getting that reinforcement from the people around you
2: yes or getting in touch with those feelings and drawing them or mm-hmm. jumping, jumping into my journal and writing what I'm thinking and feeling, which is what helped me overcome a lot of my pain and suffering when I was competing and my fear and my sense of isolation that I felt when I was competing and succeeding. Uh, my journal was my best friend. Um, learning yep. to meditate because our thoughts, we have between fifty to 70,000 thoughts a day, so when my mind's racing, and I call it the monkey mind, like it's doing this all the time, you know, just <laughs> 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 And, and <laughs> when we pro- And when we project into the future, it gets faster because it actually increases our level of anxiety. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. How am I going to control it? What if it doesn't work out? It gets louder and louder and louder and faster and faster and faster. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're going to take a deep breath and bring our monkey minds back to the present moment. And it just slows it down. And when you slow your monkey mind down, it creates this space in your brain to actually shift your thoughts to something more supportive or positive. In the event that you don't slow your monkey mind down, it's going like this all the time. And what happens? You go into the future, which increases your level of anxiety, and then you project into or you reflect into the past, which increases your levels of anger. And you're just going like this all the time. <laughs> That's what our monkey minds are doing. Yeah. And if you learn to meditate or learn to do some yoga or just even some deep breathing, surfing is very meditative for me too. It just brings a sense of space and clarity and a moment of contentment which then shifts your perspectives and and gives you a moment just to think, this isn't serving me. This isn't real. I'm creating all of this mental chatter. I need to slow it down. If I don't feel safe enough to share it with someone verbally, I need to write it down or I need to express it in a certain way or I need to go and do some exercise just to give me something else to do and distract me from this stuff because it's not real. Fear is just a false experience appearing real. It's another great acronym, but it's valid only in the moment that you give it power.
1: Yeah. Well, it's fantastic hearing it, so, because I've started doing a little bit of meditation recently, haven't you, via the Headspace app, which has been good. And then also uh, I think you've been journaling for a little while, haven't you? You journal with mum every night. You write notes and you've got your own private journal, but it's a good way to get some of those ideas or thoughts down onto paper. And sometimes it's hard to talk about these things uh, verbally, isn't it? Easy to write it down, you know. So I think Lane's given us some great things there. I know you've got a bunch of big questions, young lady. So what's your next one to fire at Lane?
0: Uh, what tips do you have for young ladies like me in terms of your formula? formula for success and how to build resilience.
1: So just by the way, uh, Lane has achieved one or two things in life, seven world titles, uh, only one individual uh, and he's remotely competitive and considered to be a pretty good surfer and Kelly Slater's won more. So pretty awesome. So she's obviously got a bit of a formula that works and no doubt has had to persevere through some of those challenges and demonstrate resilience. So What can you share to people like Soph and others looking to develop their own formula of success based on what you've discovered over the years, Lane?
2: When I think about my surfing career, the first six world titles were they were part of my identity. They were an extension of who I was. So I defined myself by my success and my failures, which then created a severe emotional roller coaster. So if I was successful, I was happy. And if I failed, I was deeply depressed. And there, this, there didn't seem to be any kind of balance in my life. So. Ironic as a surfer, where one of our common skills that we require is balance. I actually lacked balance in my mental state and my emotional state, and therefore my life in general. And I had to find balance. And one of the ways that I did that was incorporating hobbies into my life while I was competing, because it gave me a refreshed perspective. No matter how much you love your job, you still have to take a break from it. No matter how much you love school, you still need to take some time out. That's why you have school holidays and weekends. So one of the formulas to building resilience is actually giving yourselves a legitimate time to reconnect with what you love to do and uh, give yourself uh, an opportunity to refresh your your mind, your body and your spirit and whatever those hobbies are for you. For me it was surfing, bushwalking, well surfing became a career so then I had to find hobbies outside of that. So bushwalking, painting, drawing, reading, um, just immersing myself in nature. And that helped me build my resilience because it refreshed my, it recalibrated me. And so therefore, the depths of despair that I used to experience in failure weren't actually quite so deep anymore because I gave myself legitimate time to recalibrate. So I, went, I wasn't on this roller coaster anymore. So when I, by the time I came back from a career ending neck injury, I was able to recover from the roller coaster seemed like speed bumps from then on. So I'd have success and disappointment, success and disappointment. I never never referred to the disappointments as failures because it was just a a slight disappointment, a little bump in the road and then off I went again.
1: So other than that recharge factor and and allowing yourself to do other things to sort of recharge, re-energize to keep it sustainable, uh, what about that notion of maybe the outcome doesn't define your self-worth? Because what I picked up in the the early part of that question was when you won, you were happy and stoked. When you lost, yep. deeply depressed. So you yep. could argue that, that the outcome defined your self-worth. What are your sort of uh, insights there?
2: Well, now I define my self-worth. Yep. So every every day I don't wake up, every day I wake up and I think about how am I going to serve the world today? But first, what am I going to do for myself that, that gives me the energy and the inspiration to go and serve the world? So I... I am no longer defined by what I do. I'm more defined my life by how I want to feel. And mm-hmm. I want to feel energized. I want to feel excited. I want to feel passionate. And that then determines the actions that I take. So I, so now my mindset is the opposite as opposed to the outcome defining my self-worth. I define my self-worth, which then determines the outcome.
1: That's awesome. And I think it's a, it's a great segue because I think anyone who's ever come across you would no doubt agree that you seem to have this contagiously positive outlook on life and attitude. Um, So I guess my question, and certainly for Soph's benefit, would be has that come naturally? Uh, Did it always come naturally? Or have you sort of had to work and understand yourself to sort of have that vibrance and and positive outlook on life?
2: I believe we're all born with an optimistic or positive, sunny disposition. Um, We're not all born into environments that breed that within us, but I believe we're all born with this uh, opportunity to choose the way that we view life depending on the lens that we view it through. And, I, I was adopted into a beach loving family with the last name Beachley and became a pro surfer. So I I was very fortunate that I grew up in an environment that I absolutely loved. I grew up on Manly Beach. I grew up in the sun. I grew up in the water. I grew up in the sand. I grew up in nature, and that brought the best out in me. I surrounded myself with people who brought out the best in me. Then when I also joined the pro tour, I I found myself in an environment where I didn't feel like I was nurtured and supported, and that made me uh, question myself, doubt myself, and, and it, I went into a bit of a negative spiral. So what I love to say, Sophie, is our tribe affects our vibe. And if you're surrounded by a really positive tribe, then you'll be a positive person. But if you're surrounded by a really negative tribe, then you'll be a really negative person. You know, you become the sum of the five people you spend your most amount of time with. So it comes down to you. It comes down to your choices. And if there's aspects of your life that aren't working, then you need to make a difference. You need to make a change. And change can be painful because we we essentially equate change with a sense of loss. So when it comes to my positive and optimistic demeanour, it's the kind of person I wish to be every day. It's yeah. the kind of person I, I want to show. I commit myself to showing up that way. Uh, I wasn't always that way. When I was aspiring to become a world champion, I was a lay blamer. I was a critic. I was a judge. I, I was a perfectionist. I expected and projected my expectations onto everyone around me. I was fierce. I was angry. I was so critical of myself and others. I lacked empathy and, and all of those things held me back from being the best version of me, but I was just stuck in a negative spiral and no one really could shift it until I was ready to shine a light on it. <laughs>
1: Well, good self-awareness, and obviously it sounds like the latter is a bit more fun than the former. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> in terms of fulfilment <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. so that's good. Now, I know I'm a big fan of goals, but I think Sophie's got a question now around your take on goals. So what do you got uh, to ask, Lane, uh, in relation to goal stuff?
0: Are you a big person on goals? And if so, do you use them, for example, how often do you refer to them? Etc. and how do
2: they help you? So when I was your age, Soph, I was a big fan of goals. Um, and then quite honestly now in my late 40s, getting towards my 50s, I, I don't really have goals I have standards so it's amazing how our values and our, our perspectives on life shift as we get older now when I was 10 years of age I had the goal to become a world champion I had the goal to become a world champion at everything that I did and so when I played tennis and cricket and soccer and hockey and volleyball and surfing I just wanted to be the best in the world at it you've got to be realistic though right and um, I was aware of the fact that I wasn't doing the work that was required for me to achieve my goal because I was doing things like I had behaviors, especially in my teenage years, that actually stepped me further away from my goal. Like I'd go out late and drink at light or I would, um, you know, party too hard, or I would not show up to training, or I would sabotage myself through really poor diet. And the good thing about having goals is they keep you on track. They are like an honesty barometer. They they help you measure whether what you're doing today is actually going to get you closer to where you want to be tomorrow. So I, I'm a big fan of goals in that respect. But as we get older, I feel like goals almost become a bit of a prison and they they stop you from being a little bit, a, a little flexible. As a 10-year-old, I would suggest, well, I can imagine. Do you have goals and do you have a lot of goals?
1: Um, Got a bit of a goal coming up soon, haven't we?
0: Yeah.
1: You want to tell What's Lane that? about something you're working towards?
0: Well, I'm working towards being able, I'm towards being able to do a light jog.
1: And maybe a bit awesome. of a fun run with a few people that have helped us along the way, hey?
2: Yeah. Okay. And where are you at in regards to where? Because I know you've suffered a pretty horrendous setback, and now you've set the goal to be able to have a light jog. Yeah. And what actions are you taking daily that's getting you closer to that goal?
0: Well, maybe like, maybe like, like I'll practice like jogging on the trampoline.
2: Yep. What else can you do?
0: Um,. I I actually, on another hand, I actually thought it was going to be a lot easier, but it's very, very hard.
2: (laughs) What's the hardest part about it? Is it like the mental space or is it the fact that your body's not doing what you want it to do? Like what's really hard about it? Yeah,
0: like it's not like what I expected because I thought it was going to be easier for my body to be able to do it.
2: Yeah, right. And so, yeah. when, so when you have this expectation that your body's not fulfilling, how does that make you feel?
0: Um, a little bit upset.
2: Yeah. The, and so when you get upset, does that make you feel like you want to give up? Yeah. And that's normal. And the days that you don't find the strength to keep going, that's okay too. Just, you know, allow those days to come and go. And if you don't feel like pushing your body to get towards that light jog, then allow that day to happen but only one day. Don't allow it to turn into two, three, four, five, ten days. Just allow that one day or that one moment and just go, I just don't feel like it today. And this is where the subtleties in your mindset need to start to be tuned into because if in your mind you're saying, I don't feel like it because, and listen to what comes up because. Is it because it's never going to work? Or is it because I just can't be bothered? Or is it because I just don't have what it takes? Like those kind of, that kind of dialogue is going to keep you stuck in the because. However, if you ask yourself, I just don't feel like it today, is it because I pushed myself too hard yesterday? Or is it because I'm actually really fatigued today? Or is it because... I really want to just give myself a break today, then that's okay. But you've, the one thing that I'm, that I learned throughout. My physical, you know, the physicality of of, uh, becoming a world champion is that I neglected my body. I didn't listen to my body and the body whispers before it screams. There were so many symptoms telling me my body was ready to break down and I just ignored them. There were so many warning signs of things that I ate when my body just didn't like them and I just ignored it. It's like, just take it, body. Just take it. I want to eat this. I know it's not good for me. (laughs) Deep down, you know. Know what's right. You know what's good for you and you have to honour that. One of the things that you can do is maybe stretch a little bit more so you can loosen up your hips. You can actually adopt a, an anti-inflammatory style of diet so you can take things out of your diet that you know cause inflammation in your body like dairy and sugar or wheat and gluten. You can just You can do things outside of just the physical components to give your body the opportunity to heal itself. But you've got to honour the fact that your body needs the time and the space. Another thing that you can learn to do is visualise what the outcome looks like because our subconscious mind cannot differentiate between what's imagined and what's real. So on the days that you're not being able to walk, you still need to be able to visualise the fact that you can. You still need to visualise yourself running. Keep visualising that and that's sending your messages, sending a message to your subconscious mind like this is what success looks like and this is what I'm going towards. And you be consistent with that message, your body will honour you.
1: We've been talking about visualisation a bit, haven't we? Yeah. And using it in different examples and the fact that our subconscious can't differentiate that between reality and what Mm. we project in our mind on Mm. that side of it. So it's cool to hear that Lane uses that as well, isn't it? My take is, you know, the dreams and visions that we have uh, are often perfect, right? So in your case, you surf, you win, you become world champion. So that vision or dream is is perfect. You know, it doesn't always have the indiscretions of injuries, near losses, losses, uh, not winning, not getting on the on the uh, uh, you know the front the of the pack, and that yeah, podium. So. Life isn't perfect. You talked about that before. So how do you manage your own expectations? And I think you sort of went there a little bit before. I'd be really interested to understand that. And and for Soph, I think it'd be really important to understand as well.
2: So disappointment, uh, Brene Brown writes a lot about expectations and she suggests that disappointment is the result of unmet expectations. It's difficult or it's challenging not to expect things because we all do things with the idea or objective in mind for things to be different to what they are right now. So it's a matter of actually detaching from the outcome and falling in love with the process and that's how I became so successful in surf and in life. I stopped Worrying about what's going to happen in the future. And I just started taking ownership of the choices that I make today. Now, one, today I'm in support of my health and well being. Tomorrow I may sabotage it. <laughs> but that's the choice that i make tomorrow but today these are the choices that i'm making and i'm owning these choices on a day-to-day basis today i woke up tired i had a lot of work to do for my course i had a lot of meetings i had a lot of um, interviews and and this podcast so i chose not to surf today because i know it depletes me of my energy so we make these compromises or these sacrifices that i actually refer to as personal choices i don't see them as sacrifices because i chose to be that i chose to do that I chose to feel that. So it all comes back down to personal choice, personal accountability, personal ownership, and that helps you detach from the outcome, which then prevents you from feeling disappointed because you've chosen this today and therefore the process that you follow empowers you and um, elevates you or pulls you back based on the choices that you've made. It all comes back down to the process. So when I was winning my second to sixth world title, it was all about outcome and it was very fearful. It was very painful. It was a lot of highs and lows. My world titles number one, to one and seven. Both of them I won in a state of love because I forgot about the outcome. I just went and did my best every single day and I loved every single minute of it. Now, there was times when it didn't work out and I was 100% okay with that because there's always tomorrow
1: yeah love that uh love that notion of choice i think much more powerful and empowering um mm. than the other um and a greater sense of control and and uh that you're empowered to to own your results or not and i think uh, the cliche is true in terms of uh focusing on the process rather than getting caught up in the in the outcome the whole time so i think that's good but you talked about fear and i know. Soph and I were talking to before about fear, Soph. So, So do you want to fire um, that question that we have around fear? Because I think everyone experiences fear to different degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't want to fire it, Lane, in terms of fear, Sweater.
0: What's your relationship with fear and what advice, insights, can you pass on regarding how I
2: might move past fear? Ooh, that's a loaded question, Soph. Tough one. Okay. Hey. Okay, my relationship with fear is a love and dislike relationship. Uh, I do love fear to a state because as a Gemini, I don't know whether you agree with uh, the Zodiacs and all that, but uh, I'm a Gemini and I am very easily distracted. I uh, run off on all these tangents all the time, but when I'm in a state (laughs) of fear, I am incredibly focused. My attention is right here, right now. Two days ago, the waves were huge here in Sydney and I had my little board and I was standing on the beach and I was looking at the conditions and it was too big and my board was too small, but I thought I really want to go out there and give it a crack <laughs> and, I, and I felt fear and I have learned that when you feel fear, once again, it's okay to feel fear, recognize the fact that you're in fear. So I went, in my mind, I said to myself, I'm scared today. So that's okay. What do I need to do to keep myself safe? So, I timed it, you know, I was watching the conditions for a longer period than I normally would. So I timed my paddle out at exactly the right time where actually I got out there, like I entered the water and I said to myself, how long is this going to take? Like I'm, all right, I'm in for the fight. I'm in for the battle. I'm going to paddle. I'll give myself at least 20, 30 minutes to get out. Like I reckon I've got 30 minutes worth of reserves energetically to paddle and duck dive and paddle and duck dive. And it took me two minutes. and I got out there, I went, oh. Well, that was a little better than what I thought. And then I got out back and then I thought, okay, I'm feeling pretty relaxed. And then all of a sudden this 10-foot wave just rears out of nowhere and lands square on my head. And there was guys on either side of me and I looked at them and went, ah, (laughs) (laughs) this is scary, and then bailed my board and dove down. And the wave literally just grabbed me, spun me around, pushed me down and spat me back up. I was like, oh, okay, well, that wasn't so bad.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and so then i spent the next probably 25 minutes paddling against the current and the longer i spent out there the more i realized i'm not so scared anymore but i also recognize my board isn't like i'm on the wrong equipment this is not right for me today so i literally put myself in a position where i could just catch a wave and i went in and i just surrendered i went okay too big for me today i'm out of here and then later that afternoon, I looked at the conditions at my local beach break and the swell had dropped a little bit, maybe a foot or two, and the tide had come up and the conditions were amazing. And they were still really big, they were still really scary, but I I recognised, yeah, I'm afraid, but I'm really excited by this. Like I'm ready to match the energy of the ocean and go out there and give it another crack. Now, I got some really good waves. I actually got out and caught a wave all the way to the beach without getting my hair wet. So Whoa. then I paddled back out and Mother Nature went, oh, you're feeling cocky, are you? And then another 10-foot set landed square on my head and washed me in. I was like, okay, i <laughs> surrender."
1: <laughs> so...
2: For me, fear is a good thing because it keeps my mind in, like it keeps life in perspective. It stops me from getting too far ahead of myself and it keeps me present in the present moment. How I've overcome fear is first recognising that I am afraid and there's nothing wrong with saying I'm scared because then you're recognising, okay, what is it that I'm afraid of and then what actions can I take to overcome this fear? Am I willing to overcome this fear or am I using this fear as an excuse to stop me from overcoming this fear. Then I distract myself from the fear. I talk to people in the lineup, or I sing a song in my head, or you know, I get away from the fear and with always the intention uh, or the awareness of keeping myself safe in an environment where I feel uncomfortable. And the only safety I can create is in my mind. So I create, you know, strategies in my mind to, to make me still feel safe. So I have exit strategies and I have, you know, I've let people know I'm a little bit out of my depth. Can you just keep an eye on me? You know, just creating these little safety zones. i read an amazing book recently called The Fear Bubble. Uh, it might be worth having a read but what he talks about ant middleton in this book is that fear doesn't exist in the moment that you're in a fear is a projection into the future so I was out, like I said, that afternoon and I was paddling around and a big set came and I got fearful of catching the wave before I'd even caught it. And I sat there thinking, I'm just sitting in a fear bubble. So in my mind, I grabbed a pin and I popped the bubble and I went, all right, the fear bubble doesn't exist anymore. All right, let's go. Let's do this. You know, I know how to catch a wave. I know how to get to my feet. I know how to stay standing on my feet. And in the event that I do fall, it's deep water, I can hold my breath and if I get washed in I'll just go around again does that make sense
1: yeah <laughs> yeah so with, with the, disarming that fear by popping the the perceived bubble you know mm. with the pin sort of you know taking the power away from that fear right?
2: yeah, yeah. exactly so, pop the bubble of fear
1: and, and I think you know I'll, Sophie and I were talking before and uh, we were talking about NLP or neuro-linguistic programming and obviously a lot of that is to get your take on what it's given you and the impact on your life. But first, explain your, your take on NLP and how that's helped you. But I think some of the stuff we just touched on there, in terms of the conversation that was going on in your head around fear, mm. is a part of, uh, I guess, NLP. And then the tactics or tools that come from NLP help us navigate them. So, mm. can you explain to Stone for that? Because it's helped me. I think it's helped you. What's yes. your sort of take around all of that?
2: I'm a lover of NLP. Uh, It's neuro-linguistic programming. It rewires the way that you think and it helps you gain clarity and perspective to then establish really precise and clear actions. And like I said earlier, it's the process, not the outcome. So it teaches you to detach from the outcome. In saying that, it teaches you to actually create the outcome because you've created a consistent line of thought towards that outcome. For me, neurolinguistic programming helped me win my fifth, sixth, and seventh world titles. Uh, in a way where I was able to silence the negative chatter and flip it. Into a more positive mindset. Now, flip it is a psychological term. And the way that I've utilized flipping it is recognizing when negative thoughts appear. You can't change what you can't see. So I often tune in. I'm a very reflective person. I'm always listening to how I'm thinking, which has then become very clear about that. Uh, shines a light on then how I speak or how I behave and then how I'm interacted with and the kind of dynamics I have with the relationships with the people closest to me. So I'm often observing and analyzing. I'm a very self-analytical person because I want to be the best of me every day. NLP taught me that taught me to get out of the negative and flip it into more present moment and then create the outcome visually, then detach from that outcome and commit to the process that's going to step me closer to it. So I love NLP. NLP, for me, actually, in my sixth world title, I think I told you that story when I spoke at Sean's Mm, um, business conference about how I won my sixth world title using NLP. It it started with me recognising that my posture and everything that i usually rely on to display positivity was in a state of negativity my eyes were dropped my shoulders were rolled forward my posture had collapsed i was starting to say really negative things to myself and i had to st- i had to literally just physically sit up pull my shoulders back take a really deep breath use the nlp technique that i learned silence the, shat- the chatter in my mind by by saying screaming the word stop and then replacing it with my daily i am mantra and i am going to win i am going to be the best today i am going to get out of my own way i've been i've been working for this towards this for 13 years so why am i sabotaging it now <laughs> why am i getting in my way now i've worked so hard to get to this point and now i'm talking myself out of it what is that it's just an excuse it's just fear what well,
1: sounds Sounds very similar to uh, th- this time last year or around about this time. Sophie was lucky enough to sit down with another surfer, Sean Thompson, yeah. and he's got this uh, code. He calls the it his code. code. Yes, which the is super code. Cool. And that, uh, code. yours starts with I am, but his starts with I will. So Sophie yes. developed some cool stuff out of that, but it just sort of shows the power of the language, right?
2: Yes, the power of the, and, the, the internal dialogue and the language, yeah. That's a really powerful tool.
1: So one thing that Sophie normally rolls her eyes about, Lane, when I talk to her is about surfing because yeah. every time she's like, oh, Dad, that's your dream. You love surfing. I like horse riding, maybe not surfing. But I'm going to ask you because I know the ocean's given you a lot, but what is surfing and what is what is the ocean gives to you and, and what does it what does it do to your mental state and I think you went there a little bit briefly before so I'm biased yeah. you're biased so I'm just <laughs> trying to expose so so listen up so Soph.
2: Sophie looks like my husband on our first date completely disinterested <laughs> doesn't really care talk about what you want I'm only here out of obligation like, can we get on to stuff that interests me please can we
1: get on to the next question <laughs>
2: So what we need, what we did, Sif, is to break that negative cycle. Is we drank some limoncello. Now you're too young to do that. So <laughs> give it another yes. eight years and then have it. <laughs> uh, surfing, surfing is my liquid Valium. It's, it's a. It's a place. The ocean is my solace. It's a, a place where I feel calm, connected, centered, and nurtured. It's where I either process my fears and my emotions and my sadness, or I experience absolute elation and excitement. It's uh, yeah. It's a. It's one. It's the only place where I feel the true sense of freedom, and uh, that's why I'm so drawn to it in so many ways. It's my. It's like going back to the womb. Like I feel just, ha oh, centered, yeah. nurtured. Oh, I'm so comfortable here.
1: I just think you know your place when you know your place, and clearly that's for you. But yeah. maybe Soph, in a different sort of way, maybe riding horses recently, maybe could be your yeah, version of what La- what Lane talks about, right? Where yeah. you're happy, you're centered.
2: Yeah. Hey, Soph. Yeah. When you when you think about horse riding, how does it make you feel? Happy
1: yeah (laughs) look at your face though i mean obviously people will hear us they can't see us but your face just lit up when you started talking about horses (laughs) and now we can't rub the smile off your face
2: well actually yesterday for example i had done a lot of work on something and the way i reward myself is i i go for a surf in the middle of the day um and that's one of my ways of celebrating an achievement and uh on my last wave i fell off which doesn't happen very often (laughs) and I didn't have a leash on so my board wasn't attached to me and it got washed into the rocks (sighs) and it got cut and scratched and dinged and oh my board is (sighs) trashed and it's my favourite board and I was just devastated (laughs) (laughs) and I got out of the water and I walked up to the rocks where I had placed my leg rope because I thought, hey, I'm better than this. I don't need a leg rope. It's only two feet. (laughs) (laughs) And I walked home just so despondent and disappointed. And then I rang my shaper this morning and went, I've got such bad news. I dinged up my favourite boy. He's like, it's okay. It's all good. I'll fix it. And I went, you know what, yeah, just fix it. I've got another one yeah. in the garage. I'll just ride that
1: one.
2: <laughs> uh, some days, you know, some days you can have bad days on the horse. Some days you can have great days on the horse. But it's actually that's the joy of being in that environment that we need to remain connected to.
1: Hundred percent. So I think we need to book another horse lesson, don't we? So we can connect with that oh, joy. Look at so that! Look at we're that! we head nodding Praise. up and down. Oh, you know? yeah. So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> Lane re- rewards herself with a surf. I think we're going to have to reward you. Maybe some of the stuff we've got in front of them with more horse riding. What do you reckon? Yeah. Okay. Now, I know you've got a, a bit of a question here around some of the challenges that you're working through. So. so what's this next question you want to fire away? It's a big one. It's a big one. one.
0: Okay. All right. I'm going through some challenges at the moment, but I'm getting better, which is cool. Can you mm-hmm. provide me any other tips or tricks? that might help me have a growth mindset like yourself. I'm keen to know if you have any other habits or rituals that I might
2: be able to take on board. Oh, big one. I feel like I've given you a whole lot already. So my my objective is to make this easier for you, not more difficult. (laughs) Uh, I don't know, you know, I could drown you in tips. Maybe I already have. So... (laughs) I feel like especially when I was injured, like I, I had a, a neck injury where that's seven eighty percent 80% of my spinal cord and I wasn't allowed to surf or train or work. I couldn't even barely sleep or I couldn't sit up for longer than 10 minutes for six months. And it was extremely debilitating and incredibly painful. And instead of concerning myself with everything that I was missing out on. And it's it's pretty easy to have a bit of FOMO while you're going through these challenges, right? You feel like you're missing out on life because all of your friends are doing all the things that you love to do and you just feel like you can't do any of it. So then you you turn into a bit of a victim and you start saying, oh, this always happens to me and it's not fair and why is this, you know, this this sucks. That's the victim mentality. The victim mentality is this is always happening to me. The champion mentality is why is this happening for me? If you can just make that subtle shift in your mentality, why is this happening for me, then that's when you start taking ownership of the choices you make on a daily basis. This might be happening for you because it's making you stronger it's making you healthier it's building the connections with your family it's making you understand what's important in your life what you value in your life it's making you realize that you might be able to detach from things that were distracting you from the things that are really important in your life like why is this happening for you? So when you stop blaming the world for letting you down and holding you back and stopping from you, stopping you from doing what you really want to be doing, you can actually start asking yourself and getting curious, which is what your dad did when he shifted his victim mentality to having a champion mentality, is getting really curious about why is this happening for you? And then how can you take control of the situation? For me, when I had my neck injury, I went to every possible length I can go to to heal my body I invested the same amount of energy and commitment and discipline and focus that I would commit to winning a world title I used that same level of energy and committed it to healing my body I changed my pillow I went on an anti-inflammatory diet. I wore this this posture correction vest. I did hyperbaric chambers, um, magnetic therapy, traction, learned how to meditate, acupuncture, yoga. I mean I just went through everything and I did everything on a daily basis consistently to heal my body without an outcome in mind, other than being able to surf one day without pain and discomfort. That's all I wanted. I just wanted to be able to surf without pain. And I felt like that was a realistic outcome. I had no object. I had no consideration for coming back and competing and winning another world title. For me, that's six months and I gave myself as long as it was gonna take. I didn't care how long it was gonna take. I was just prepared to commit the time, the energy, my attention, my focus, everything into healing my body. And there were days when I fell off that bandwagon. There were days when I slipped into the victim mentality. This sucks. I'm in so much pain. I can barely sleep. I can't sit up. That was okay. I stayed there for a couple of hours. Then, once again, okay, why is this happening for me? What can I do right now that's going to shift that from a, from a negative state to a more positive state? Detach from the outcome, follow the process, use your visualization. Surround yourself with people who nurture you. Eat foods and and you know embrace nutrition that nurtures your body. Hydrate yourself, rest, and just give yourself the time and the space to allow your body to heal itself. But visualize what that may look like for
1: you. Pretty cool answer, Soph, isn't it? in that terms of reframing it from a, uh, a tragic or unfortunate circumstance to maybe one that ultimately could help you and you could draw some positives from. And I guess focusing the energy on steps towards getting better and what that looks like. And I guess the other thing that I took from that from Lane is she had a vision. Her vision was to surf pain-free. It wasn't to necessarily conquer the world again. It was just to surf pain-free, which is achievable. In her mind at that time, it was achievable. Her brain could connect with that, right?
2: And so I can visualise that really easily. Yeah.
1: So I think that's pretty cool. So I think there's some good insights there. Now I know you've got a very philosophical question next for Lane. So prepare yourself, Lane. Make sure you're propping yourself up on that Swiss ball. It's a very big question from Sophie. So brace yourself. Lots of bounces, Get, the right Can Emma, you still look, is she me? Ready? Yeah. Okay. Getting getting ready. Right, brace yourself. Ready to go.
0: <laughs> okay. If you could go back to my age what advice would you pass on to a young Lane Beachley now you are wiser Hmm
2: The advice that I would give my 10-year-old self
1: 10-year-old self
2: yep is you are loved <laughs> <laughs> you are loved you are enough you are deserving of love And it all starts with the love for yourself. See, I love I it. did, I loved myself when I was a kid. Then I fell out of love for myself because I I allowed people's love for me to dictate how much I loved myself. So that's the advice I'd give my 10-year-old self.
1: Yeah, I think that's an awesome answer in the sense that I think, yeah, where people should spend a lot of their time is learning to love themselves and being okay with loving themselves, not in an egotistical sense but – being centered and comfortable, and like you said at the top of the podcast, being congruent with who you are and being okay to be who you are, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, that I was different. Um, and, and that's okay. And that's, and that's okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> the, and so, if the challenges for kids at your age is social media and TikTok and all these external pressures and expectations that are placed on you to be anything other than who you are and what you are. And the greatest gift that you can give this world is for you to be who you are, and that's that's more than enough. So that's all that's all of us could ever want from you, and ultimately, that's all you can really give the world is the best of who you are on a day to day basis.
1: Uh, conscious of time lane you've been unreal and giving up so much time and your busy schedule uh, even uh, missing a surf a bit like you missing a horse riding session so yeah that shows you how kind lane's been today but um we both gave up some
2: something the... that we love to share time with each other exactly
1: which is cool so i know that you're always up to cool stuff and uh you talked about the the Awake uh, Academy and I know that obviously you're doing a bunch of other stuff at any given time Lane so tell us a little bit more about that and then for anyone that wants to find out a little bit more about what you're up to both now and moving forward how to how to sort of people find you
2: well, the best way to find me is at com, just at my website. Yeah, um, yeah the Awake yeah. Academy is uh, is focused on basically cultivating connection, growth, and happiness in humanity. Uh, we've co- created a, an online course called Own Your Truth, which is a – basically a seven-round, no-bullshit online course to unlock your internal GPS. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's really exciting. I'm really excited by it. Look at Sophie's
1: eyes. She's like, what? I did just say that. Lane's just being congruent. <laughs> and she's passionate. Yeah. So I am. Um,
2: <laughs> and then uh, – uh, during you know, COVID's been a pretty challenging time for all of us. And I feel like it's, for me, I've referred to it as a triple E reset. It's given us an opportunity to reset our energy, our economy and our environment. And to do that, we just needed to take some time to slow down and put things in perspective. To I'm, I've built a retreat in September, from September 24 to 27 in Manly called Mind Body Surf. So for anyone that wants to reconnect with who they truly are and find some centeredness and boost their confidence both in the water and in life then that's what this retreat's all about we've got surfing we've got yoga we've got meditation we've got workshops uh, you don't have to be able to surf to come along you can actually enjoy just the beauty of manly beach without having to surf so i've just i've designed this retreat to help people through these challenging times and give them the tips and tools and life hacks to navigate their way through future challenges and uh apart from that I'm living the dream quite honestly I'm surfing and staying at home and nurturing my body and spending time with my husband and uh and enjoying a bit of downtime away from airplanes and traveling the world
1: that's awesome and, and just quickly on that uh, mind body surf sounds really really cool maybe something the mum might be able to do eh Soph? yeah so does that cater yeah. for any level of surfing does it uh Lane
2: yeah any level of surfing I mean you don't Perfect. Know, sit- yeah, anyone, anyone. As long as you have a board um, and you can paddle yourself out the back, that I can help with the rest. So perfect. Yeah, from from beginner to advanced. It's not a learn to surf uh, yep, retreat, no. but it, I'm there to boost your confidence in the water. So yeah, well, it's going to be loads yep. of fun.
1: That sounds amazing. So, yeah, I mean, look, uh, thanks again for sharing all that cool stuff. Uh, I think uh, for Sophie on her journey, uh, no doubt it will be really impactful and you're very kind with your time. So Sophie and I have pitched in and we've got a little facial coming your way. Oh, okay, really? Just, uh, you know, when you're having those weary days, we've got a little hot tip that that might be something that you're into. So we've chipped in just to show our gratitude. <laughs> so <laughs> Sophie's now laughing at these cool faces that are coming through. So <laughs> well, I think that's another good takeaway from Lane. You know what that is? What? Don't take yourself too seriously. No. Because it's much more fun when you don't, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what about you? What would be the last things you would like to say to you, Lane?
2: Thank you for making the time to speak to me. Anytime, beautiful. Good luck with your challenges. Yes. You will overcome them.
1: You're awesome, Lane. We're going to let you go back oh. to your kind oh. husband that serves you cups of tea and whatnot. Thank you. He just so turned the light on. St- Here I am. Yep. Let there yeah. be light. Let there be
2: light. And there was
1: light. <laughs> <laughs> and just a uh, final sign-off, uh, Lane, thanks again for your time and look forward to catching up soon.
2: No worries, Sean. Thanks so much for having me. And, Soph, it was great to see your beautiful smiling face and uh, let's go surfing sometime soon
1: thanks for listening guys I mean I think for any parents out there I think all you want is for your kids to live their best life and reach their potential and help them through those challenges so hopefully there's some elements in this podcast today that you or your children can learn from I know Sophie and I have so thanks so much for tuning in if you think anyone else might uh, appreciate or enjoy any of the aspects we covered uh, please feel free to pass on uh, and subscribe for further podcasts so thanks again for taking the time to listen I appreciate it